This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 153, Being Purposeful with Social Media as a Yoga Teacher. Have you been wanting to get students through social media or clients for courses and online offers? Maybe you've tried, but you've struggled converting followers into paying customers. Or maybe all you want to do is build community around you. If that's your case, today's episode is for you. For today's episode, I sat down with Gabby Metz. Gabby is a copywriter and digital marketer with over 12 years of marketing experience, as well as a yoga teacher. She started the Content Yogi because when the pandemic hit, she was one of the many yoga teachers who lost her jobs. She saw an opportunity to help other yoga teachers grow their business using social media, particularly Instagram. So when the studios also shut down, she started to help studios and teachers build strong memorable brands and sell out their yoga offerings online, particularly on Instagram. I would really love to read your takeaways on today's episode. So as you listen, take a screenshot and share your takeaway with me tagging at on and off your mat podcast on Instagram. I will reshare you and everybody will be able to read your takeaway so we can go deeper together in the content of this episode and we can learn and grow from each other. All right, let's get to today's episode with Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here. Such a pleasure. For listeners that don't know you very well or don't know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your yoga journey to get us started? Yes, of course. So I'm a yoga teacher and I have got 13 years of marketing behind me. So I basically found myself working in the marketing industry, really serving yoga teachers after the pandemic. Like many yoga teachers, I lost my job and I was forced to pivot and turn to online. And the online platform that I was most comfortable with at the time was Instagram. And the studio that I was actually teaching at, they were struggling. They were on the verge of closing and they asked me for help with their marketing. And so that is really how the Content Yogi was born. And I supported them on their socials. And we really worked at reconnecting and building a community, small community, but don't underestimate the power of a small and mighty community. So that has really brought me to this point. So since then, my family and I, we immigrated in the peak of the pandemic. And I built an online yoga business from three different Airbnb dining room tables. And now you find me here today. And so I really do support and help yoga teachers grow their business online, no matter what size their audience is. That's awesome. So we can grow our business online, no matter the size of our audience. Oh, for sure. For sure. Community is really just, we get this idea, like this metric in our head that we have to have 10,000 followers in order to have a real thriving community. And it's just so far from the truth. I can't tell you how many like influencers have come to me with 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 followers, and they're not making sales or their engagement's really low. So it just goes to show, right? It's not the size. Yeah. So then how do we focus on building that community? Like, what do we need to keep in mind or what are intentions behind our actions and the way we use our social media, if that's our goal? Such a good question. So there really are so many factors at play. And, you know, I'm sure that if you have any listeners here that have been exposed to any marketing at all, you know, the first real advice I think that a guru will give you is that you have to niche down. You've got to really decide on who it is that you're talking to. 
But the way that I like to really reframe that for my people is that we've really got to look at three things. And these three things are going to really help you determine the kind of people that you bring into your space, because it's not about the masses. It's about the quality of people that find you. And having a good quality person that finds you is more likely to turn into a longstanding student. So the way that I break it down is to really look at, okay, what is the problem that you solve? As yoga teachers, we solve problems. That is what we're Mm -hmm. here for. Yoga solved a problem in our lives at some point in time. And we want to take what we are learning or what we have healed ourselves or whatever part of the journey we're on, and we want to move that and help somebody else. And then we want to look at what is the solution, right? So what is the solution to that problem? And when we're talking about the solution, it's not just like, oh, you're going to feel so calm and beautiful in your body. Like we really want to get a lot more intentional and realistic with the language that we're using, right? When we're talking about these kinds of solutions. And so it's about being really precise. Totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing is the result. You know, so what is the result of solving this problem? What will that look like for you? So that is how we break it down. And I think that anybody who's listening, if you're worrying about the people that you've got in your space and you're in your Instagram and you're thinking, oh, these people don't buy from me or it's just my family and my friends stuff, like those are three key metrics for you to look at. So you really start to bring in the right people who love what you've got. Mm-hmm. And As you were talking, what popped into my head is that with those three intentions, you can really use storytelling. Oh, yeah. Which is so helpful, I find, in like talking with people and less to people, because that's often an issue that teachers, yoga teachers, wellness people in the space will have trouble with, is that we tend to educate, we tend to talk to people and not engage them so much in the conversation. But if we're talking about their problem, the solutions they can start to put in place and the results they can have in their life, then we're really involving them in the conversation a lot more than I have done this and I can help you with. Like we're talking about the same thing, but it's slightly a different approach. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And I think storytelling now more than ever on platforms like TikTok and Instagram they are really at the forefront of everything that you are consuming, whether you want to, and whether you know it or not, really, because a lot of the time we're really just passively watching reels or reading, you know, posts or carousels or watching people's stories. But a lot of the time people are really bringing us in. And the power of storytelling in my experience with it is that real good stories are the ones that firstly, like you're relating back You know, you're relating back because you were not always the expert. And more often than not, these quality people, like I call them your dream students, your dream students are at the point where you were five years ago when you were struggling with X, Y, and Z, right? Or when you were really at your darkest, darkest time. And storytelling takes us back there. And the beautiful thing about storytelling is that then it shows us what's possible for them, right? Through our own story, we can inspire our audience. And that is one of the key content pillars, like you're talking about, you know, talking at your audience and we're talking about, you know, over-educating, like that is one of the key content pillars, inspiration to really drive sales because people see what's possible for them. So I couldn't agree with you more there. 
What would be other thing we consider other content pillars if we want to be more purposeful with our content? We want to be more intentional. What are the other things that we need to look at? Mm, such a good question. So on Instagram, the content pillars that I use consistently and the content pillars that I teach all of my students in my courses and coaching and that would definitely be educational because that is part of it, right? We obviously mm -hmm. do have to teach things, but it's just getting things proportional. But inspiration, like we spoke about, and then relatability. So relatability or even entertaining, like you may see that as like lip syncing reels or like we spoke about storytelling, but really relating back to your audience. And then lastly, promotional. You know, and I don't know if anybody really struggles there, but I know that I used to right in the beginning, like, oh, I don't want us to sell and no, I've got nothing to sell and I don't have my packages or I don't have this worked out and stuff. So those are your four key content pillars. If you want to use your content with purpose, intention, that is actually going to drive real results from your Instagram. So we'll come back to the sales piece in a moment, but just to loop into what you're saying, how do we know that it's working? Like, how do we know that it's creating results? What are the results we can look for? Or what are some of the goals we can set to ourselves for ourselves to grow our business using these platforms? Also, I love your questions. That's such a good one. So there are two routes on Instagram that you can choose to go on. Now, a lot of the gurus out there are telling you to grow your Instagram, boost your engagement, do all the things. And if you're listening to that advice, and if that is the route that you're going down, you are going down the route of using Instagram as a content creator. Now, if you're using Instagram as a content creator, your metrics that you look at are going to be really different to if you're using Instagram as a tool to grow your yoga business, okay? So if you're using Instagram as a yogi priya, mm. all right? And I have to say it like, and I'm sorry, but when we become yoga teachers, we become yogipreneurs. We become little business people, right? So let's talk about what that looks like. So mm -hmm. when you're going down the content creator path, the metrics that are going to drive your success are the number of followers you have, your engagement rate, the amount of comments that you get. All of those kinds of things are what is going to be the lifeblood of your business. But when you're a yogipreneur, your metrics are different because your end result is sales. So you're going to be looking at things like website clicks. You're going to be looking at things like DMs, right? Are people coming into your DMs? So those are going to be the things that really determine whether or not your content is working, especially to drive results in your business. Would you include also the saves? Like if you're doing educational content and that's something that people are saving for later, that would be a sign that the education you're sharing is helpful, useful, and it's not like either too yeah. vague or too, you know, like it's actually yeah. resonating with your people. Definitely. So I would say that saves, that still falls down more of the engagement side of things. So I'm not saying to completely disregard engagement and follows and stuff because that is a huge part of making Instagram work for you, right? Because we do want to be growing our audience. We don't want to be growing our audience to 100,000 people every week, but we do want to be bringing new people in because that is how business works, right? You're bringing new people in, you're getting new people on the mats, like that's just how it works. So engagement forms part of that. And if people are saving your content, it's exactly like you said, like that just shows that that's a good quality piece of content. And that is something that shows you that you're on the right track in terms of what you should be creating. So do more of that. 
Mm -hmm. So that's a way to know that you're creating valuable content. Yes, totally, totally. So those metrics are interesting, like website click. And in that sense, like your link in bio, like that whatever link you have there to watch how many people are going out of the platform to see what else you have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. So like your bio is such a critical part inside of the entire inside of the entire Instagram hub, really, because that is where you determine the quality. So we spoke about like the quality followers that you're bringing in. That is where you really determine if somebody is going to follow you that has got potential to being sold to later down the line. So if you've got a really fluffy bio and your link, you know, goes to your website where you've just got millions of beautiful yoga photos and like, (laughs) you know, come to my class, like chances are it's not going to be such an easy way for that person to say, yes, I want you to be my teacher. People go through a lot more like psychologically before they make that decision to buy. So definitely really being intentional with that link in terms of where you are taking people and driving them to is going to have a big difference on how you see those results. Do you have an example of what would be more helpful than just your website in general? Yes. Yeah. So I think that it also really depends on what your goals are, I guess, as a yogipreneur. So I'd say that if you are an online yoga teacher, if you are trying to build up your online presence, the first thing that comes to mind is to have a link that or even have a link tree and not just a link tree with a hundred million links, like again, (laughs) being intentional, But to have a link there that links out to your freebies so that you can grow your email list, like that is an intentional link. That is a way of transforming somebody from a stranger to a student, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're an in-person yoga teacher, it might be a little bit different. So if you're an in-person yoga teacher, either way, you should still have something if it's onto your website. Like I still think that an email list regardless is helpful, whether you're an in-person or an online yoga teacher. But perhaps what you also could have there is like a, we call them clarity calls, but maybe you've got a link there that goes to like a 15 minute call with you. So how can you decide what is the type, right type of yoga? And then you set up a Calendly link and somebody can book that in with you free of charge. They get to know you and they can move further down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then if we look at the whole journey from stranger to student to client to fan (laughs) that will buy anything you put out there, like how do we bring them from stranger? We are falling on their for you page. Like what's that journey? Like how are we intentional to bring them in and hold their hands step by step as we move them closer and closer to being a loyal customer? Oh, such a good question. Okay, so essentially, what we want to be doing is that we want to really understand how people buy. Okay, because when we understand how people buy, we understand what kind of content we need to create that is going to support them at any point in that buying process. Okay, so for example, I stumbled across you, Erica, could have been a reel or something like that. And I find you on the explore page. So that is the first step in how people buy, right? Discovering. So a great way to do that on Instagram is reels, trends. I don't know. Sometimes I'm on trends. Sometimes I'm off them, but they do help. But anything that is going to really increase your reach. So that is a collaborations are a great way to do that, to do like collab reels or lives or anything like that. 
So the next step in the journey or the way that people are buying is that we really want to build up trust and likability. And we do that by creating content that is going to really get them to fall in love with you. And you do that by nurturing them. And there's two ways to nurture them on Instagram. And the first way is through education, like you said, Erica, where you are creating content that is really helping them in terms of understanding, okay, cool, you know, this is what I'm doing wrong. This is what I can do better. Or, oh gosh, like I really need this. But also in terms of getting them to like you. So through storytelling, really taking them on that journey and inspiring them. And you nurture them. So this is really where I see a lot of mistakes that yoga teachers make is that you either fall into one of these two camps, but you're not being intentional with how you are bringing more quality people into your community. And it ends there. So you actually now the next step is to actually be actively promoting something to actively sell to people. And there are different types of ways to sell through your content. So it's not just limited to come to my class and you make a pretty thing in Canva. Like that's not going to work. No, that's um, not enough. <laughs> Bummer. I know, right? I know, but that's really where I do love stories. I find stories are such a powerful place to sell your yoga services, your offerings, programs, whatever it is that you've got going on. And really bringing in like more social proof, like testimonials from past clients, really bringing that stuff to the table because that just helps people trust you. That makes you more credible. And when you create content like that and with that in mind, you really help take somebody from that stranger to student journey. So you catch their attention, <laughs> you nurture them, and then you build trust either by social proof or just by being educational and helpful, and then you sell to them. Is that yes. the yeah, whole thing? Yeah, pretty much. And then create some FOMO because you got to have FOMO, right? Like that's <laughs> what I love doing, <laughs> creating lots of FOMO. Um, because we are, I think, as human beings, like there's two things that I've realized since using Instagram to grow my entire business is that As people, we are a naturally curious. So we are always wanting to see behind the scenes kind of stuff, what is going on. So you got to give the people what they want. And number two is like FOMO is real. Like you never want to be the first person to go first. But when you see that other people are popped on the bandwagon, you're like, oh yeah, I need to do this. I need to get involved. So FOMO works huge. (laughs) Those are good. Those are good tips. If we keep in mind that we're either trying to attract, get discovered, we're trying to nurture, we're trying to educate, we're trying to tell them that they're going to miss out somehow in something incredible. What's the importance of the caption versus what is displayed on image, on carousel, in a reel? Like, How do you plan what you write to be intentional to further that? So it really comes down to the way that I look at them is interdependent, right? And it really depends on where somebody is with you. Because if somebody is brand spanking new to your community, chances are they may not be reading your caption all the way to the end. They may just look at the reel and scroll by, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody is like, oh, I really like this girl. I love everything that she has got to say. And they are hanging on to every word. They will read right until the end of that caption. So that's why like you never know where somebody is in terms of their stranger to student journey, like of where they are coming to you. So that is why I like to use them both. And really the caption just expands on whatever it is that I'm talking about in the real. 
So even if it is, for example, like talking reels are really big at the moment and it's an important thing to really bring into your content. So if you're talking about something, you don't want to let it go on for hours and hours. So whatever points you don't discuss in there, you know, or if you, whatever. You give more details. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I've also found that like, The captions, SEO is a big way to really increase your discoverability. So if you don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. And that is just a fancy word for getting you in front of more people. Like if you use SEO properly, then the chances are is that your content will be shown to more of those people. So for example, if you are a yoga teacher and you're working with moms, moms that have got small children and that really struggle to find times to work out or whatever, Your SEO keywords would include like mom, kids, you know, those kinds of even more specific. If you're in a specific area, you know, like Costa Rica, Costa Rican mom, you kind of get what I'm saying. So we're going back to our niche, our audience, their problem, the solution and the results. We want to have those words in our caption. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Wow. Um, Yeah. To some degree, right? Not always, but yeah. But keeping that in mind. Yes, always, always, always. Who is that person that I want to read this on the other end of the screen? Yeah, I think it's very interesting to like, and that's why I'm highlighting that because I find a lot of time, like we don't put all the pieces together. Like we've done the work on like who's our audience and who's our niche. And then it kind of stays on this side of our life. And we don't necessarily use those words then in our marketing, in our newsletter, in our Instagram or like in other platform, it's like it lives separately as if it was just like a mental exercise, but then we forget to actually put it in action to bring in the right people because now they feel like we're talking directly to them because we're clear on our audience and we're using those words. Absolutely. And I feel like you just like hit it on the head. It makes such a big difference when you constantly have that stuff at the front of mind. It's not only going to make you create better content, because let's face it, there's a lot of bad content out there, right? So it's not going to only make you make better content, but all you need is one person. Like, let me just remind you of that. Like if that resonates with one person, it's gold. Like that's all that you really want, Mm -hmm. not just to make them feel good about themselves, but that is what is going to really drive a real result in terms of some kind of sale happening. Yeah. Just today, someone... DM me about a podcast episode saying like she had this huge realization and like it made a huge difference. And we went on and we chatted back and forth. And the same day, three of her friends came, followed, DM me saying like, hi, I'm friend of XYZ. And like she put us on the podcast and I love what you do. And now like one person expanded because she really felt like I understood what she was going through. Yeah. Right. So like, you never know what one person can bring to your business. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, so again, like that brings us to like really taking a step back and re-examining, okay, cool. Well, what path am I here? Because also I must say this, like if you want to be an influencer and you really want to, you know, get brands like Lululemon and all that kind of stuff, like, I don't actually know, like Aloe, whatever, Like if that's the route that you want to go on, like you you need to focus on like content creation and growing your following and all the bells and whistles that come with it. But if you are not going that route, if you are going to make sales, exactly. And I don't know about you, Erica, but I mean, I've got two kids. 
I've got two dogs. I've got a husband. I've got life. I've got another job. Like, you know, there is so much going on. Like, it's just constantly takes a lot. And like, if you're going to do it, then you want to really make sure that it is going to pay dividends for you in the long run. It's worth it. Yeah. In the long run. So what would be other mistakes? I gave the example of like knowing your niche and your audience, but then not using it when you write your content or when you record your content, what other mistake people do that might keep them from converting that might keep them from actually making sale or bringing people down the path of stranger to fan? Mm -hmm. So I would say the first thing that really comes to mind there is creating content that you think your audience wants to see versus stuff that either that they really need or that they want to see, because there's a really big difference. So how do you find that difference? How do you figure that out? You know, honestly, the most simple way to ask them truly You know, it's different. Like we used to have to have surveys. I did one when I was much younger. It was really cool because I got a whole bunch of like free products and I loved it. But we used to have like focus groups back in whatever, like 20 years ago where they'd sit in the 90s. and Yeah, exactly. And I think it was like Red Bull or something like that. And we got like a million Red Bulls. But like the point is, is that that is how we had to do research, right? That is what we had. We had to get people into our room, ask questions, use those questions to go and do marketing. Whereas now you can hop into your Instagram stories, throw up a question sticker or a poll sticker and boom, like you've got it, you know? And again, it's not about the people that are, how many people are answering. It's about, okay, cool. Susie actually looks like she's watching my stuff. She's the only one who commented, but that's cool. I'm going to create for Susie. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So it's just really using what you've got to create and also looking at your metrics. Like, if things are resonating with your audience, so like if this got a lot of shares or that got a lot of saves or this got a lot of comments, like, that's the kind of content to take. And either if it's a couple of months later, like just repost it, who cares? But if it's something that's quite new, okay, learn from that. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. And just really creating stuff that people want to watch or read. Mm-hmm. So definitely doing research and then looking at the results of what you're already putting or you know creating. Mm-hmm. So not ignoring yeah. what people going into mm-hmm. like the real statistic of what how people are acting when they see your content yeah yeah and I think part of what comes with that my next thing is that like you gotta show up (laughs) like you've got to get on stories you don't just post on Monday and then post three weeks later like you get consistent choose your days that you post throw on a couple of stories and that's it like treat it if you're using it for business treat it business. Like I look at Instagram and it's like my mini office. I go in in the morning, I chat to my people, whatever I have to do. I do my posts, I'm on my stories and then I'm out. And then if I want to post something later, I'll do that. But my point is, is that if you don't treat it like a business, if you don't treat it with consistency, etc., like, no, it's not going to happen for you. It's going to be really hard for you to actually get any results from there. Mm-hmm. So that's a big mistake. That people mm. do, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another mistake might be, because you mentioned this earlier, and I said I wanted to come back to it, that fear, that discomfort of selling and then not selling, like not talking about what you offer and just mm. hoping that they'll figure it out on their own and they'll reach out if they need yes. help, right? Would you say yes. that that's a big mistake? 
It's a huge, huge mistake. And I think, you know, it's something like I've been guilty about that in my past too. The first thing, we just assume that people know what we do for a living. Like they have no idea who we are, what we do, where we come from. And the second thing is, is that we feel like really funny around selling and you feel funny or you're too scared to sell because what if nobody comes? What if nobody buys? Like these are all such common things. And this is like what I work through with like my groups and stuff and students and that is because those fears are not just like whatever, just ignore them. That is really just your body's way of saying and your brain's way of saying like, I want to keep you safe. Well, you know this stuff, right? Like this is what you (laughs) teach, but it's like, it wants to keep you safe. And this is where, again, like this is the choice between being the content creator or the yogi prunya, right? Like business is not safe. In order for things to grow, it's not going to happen when your brain is keeping you safe in your comfort zone. So like, yes, it can be scary. (laughs) (laughs) It can be scary. But if you're in the comfort zone, like that is where you will play. And you cannot blame the algorithm. Like, that's got nothing to do with the algorithm. Like, that is all you. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) Done. Okay, bye, guys. We're done. That's it. (laughs) What needs to change within ourselves if we are scared of selling, if we are scared that people are not going to show? Is it for you just about showing up and doing it anyway, and you'll get there? Or is there something in your mindset in the way you approach it that you can work on to make it easier for yourself? Okay, like I'll paint the picture, right? So yeah, storytelling time. Storytelling. Okay. My first launch, (laughs) once upon a time. But I had this course once upon a time was called Build Your Yoga Brand. It was actually a very cool name, I thought. And at the time, I had no real clue what I was doing. So clarity was like a big thing that was missing for me. But anyway, long story short, two people bought and I was like defeated. I had spent weeks writing emails. I mean, we all know how that just can be take up a lot of time. I had done all the slides. I'd done all the stuff. And I was like, what happened? You know, where did I go so wrong? And since then, my launches to date, I've gotten group programs of 20 yoga teachers, over 40 people in masterclasses and all paid for stuff, right? So the biggest shift wasn't like, yes, there's a strategy which you have to learn, right? Which you have to understand because if you don't have a basic strategy, that's going to- You're shooting blind, yeah. But here's, this is the kicker and this is the real thing, right? For me is that you can have all the strategy that you want, but if the energetics are not behind it, And if you do not truly believe that what you are selling is the best thing since freaking sliced bread, (laughs) if your brain is constantly telling you, you suck, you suck, you suck so much, nobody's going to buy this. Who are you to deliver this? Like I had a client the other day and she's like, I can't talk about anxiety. And I was like, but you need to, like, these are things, you know, we play it safe in the comfort zone that we only have to talk about downward dog and how to reach your heels to the mat. And you know, how to open up your heart and camel and whatever. Like people don't care about that. Like they need to understand how it's going to help them. You've got to make them care. And so shifting the energetics to really believing that you can give them that, that you're good enough, that you're worthy enough and proof that it's working. Like you don't need thousands of people watching your stories. You need 10, 20, you know, we are not Kim Kardashian. Like, we've got to get past this, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay. That's a very good thing for people to chew on. Obviously, easier said than done. It'll take a minute, but something to keep to your attention in your own personal practices, like in the things you do for yourself Mm -hmm. in your own personal growth, to remember that the way you show up in life, the way you speak to yourself, all of these things show up in your business, right? Like Um, they are mirrored and they were reflected in your business. Goosebumps might drop right back at you. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, you're the same person, right? You're acting the same way. Mm. So that's going to reflect. Okay. Yeah. That's good for people to think about. And then one more thing, like in that mindset idea, and we just talked about like the algorithm and the Kim Kardashian of this world. And you mentioned a few times like being a content creator in the sense of like more an influencer versus using this as a business. Even if we're not looking at the follows, the likes, the comment, as much as we're looking at the website clicks and as we're looking at the DMs, how do we trust the process? How do we stay with it and calm and not get anxious about losing a ton of followers or not gaining as fast as we'd like? How do we get out of that mindset that we've talked about it, that the number means something more important than it actually does Mm. it's so hard so like it's something like I call algorithm anxiety and like I've had that myself and I've had students that have had that that still go through that so Mm -hmm. and it's not like I'm cured because when I see like if I get heaps of unfollows or I have a real go viral and I don't get that many follows I'm like "Hmm, something went wrong like what is this so it's like I think so much of it, and it's like our practice, is like so much of it is observance and detachment (laughs) that it's really something that is happening, right? So it's something that is happening regardless, but it is not a direct attack. You know, it's like our work is not us. Our content is not us. It's a message that we're sharing. It's something that we've done, but it is not who we are at our core, right? Mm. It's part of something that we do. So, you know, but again, like all the fluff and stuff, like it really sucks when people unfollow and it doesn't feel good when you put in so much work and effort that nobody engages with. And the only way that I kind of use this is like the two things, right? So it's like, okay, thank you universe for showing me that X, Y, and Z does not work. So I know not to do that again. Thank you. (laughs) Or algorithm, universe, whatever you want to call it. And the other thing that I have, it's like a mantra, I need to actually write it on my wall, but is all unfollows are welcome. Because I really do believe in my heart of hearts that at some point in time, I was there for somebody and I resonated with someone. And that is amazing. And if I don't anymore, that's fine. Because I don't want people that are not resonating with my stuff just for a number. Like, I'm here to grow a business. Like I've got big business goals. I'm not interested in playing it small on that. And part of that means bringing people into my community, into my life that are leveling up, that are meeting me at that frequency, at that vibration. So all unfollows are welcome. You can't be everything for everybody all the time. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good mantra to keep and to remember. Because also, if like they aren't following you, or if they're following you, but they muted you, or like they're not interested and they scroll by your content, what's the point? If your goal Mm -hmm. is to grow your business and to bring people on the journey with you, if they're not interested, they might as well go. 
hundred percent. It's like, yeah, it's like that irritating house guest that just won't leave. Like, what are you here for? <laughs> Go now. <laughs> and from what you said, something popped into my head and it's like not making the numbers mean something about you, but looking at them like from a scientific point of view, being like, okay, how can I be a scientist about this? This post created this result. This one created this result. What can I learn from this? And mm -hmm. kind of creating that detachment, not in the sense of I don't care, whatever, in the sense of it doesn't mean anything about the quality of human I am. Mm -hmm. It just means that that content didn't do what I was trying to do. Yeah. Like those are two different things. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really where having content goals really helps with that. So That's something that, um, again, like I wish that we could dive deeper, but like not every post is supposed to go viral. Like not every post is designed to create tons of engagement. Like every post that you create has got a different goal. It's got a different reason. And each one of those are going to affect the way that you grow your business. So that's also something to take into consideration. Like it's not, you know, like a promotional post of saying, whatever, come to my class versus like a really funny reel that you made they're gonna do very different things and very different purposes right so yeah so you can't expect the educational content and the promotional content to do as well as the relating content or the attracting content like you have to be aware of what you're trying to do because the thing you're measuring your success on should be different according to the content you're creating, right? Because you have a different goal. It can't only be the likes and the follows. It has to be, is it doing what I'm trying to do? Because mm -hmm. you're not always trying just to get likes and follows. Yes, exactly. Likes and follows do not buy nice yoga pants, mats, food, shelter. <laughs> They don't. All right. There is so much more I feel like we can talk about, but I think we have touched a good amount of things for people to start to look into it and start to see where they stand and how they can improve. Like what's their problem with their own <laughs> content creation? Anything else you want to add before we finish? Like if there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with, what would that be today? If there's one takeaway, this is a big one. And it was something that came up with one of my private clients the other day was that you deserve to take up space. You really do. And if you're not feeling that in your heart, it's going to be really hard for you to go out there and create content that you love and reach your dream students who you are desperate to work with or you know, really build a thriving studio or whatever it is that your goals are. Like You deserve to take up space. Even a teeny tiny Instagram account, you deserve to take up that space. You've earned it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Beautiful. I'll put all your info in the show notes, but in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to know what's going on? Tell us a little bit about what's happening in your world right now. Cool. So best place to find me at the moment would be Instagram because my website is under construction. So best place to find me is Instagram. It is at the content yogi. And I have got actually right now doors are open for my new group coaching program, Post with Purpose, where I teach yoga teachers how to create better content that is going to Oh, so all the things we talked in about. Yoga business. Ah, look at that. <laughs> how perfect. So, how perfect. Yeah. But you know what? Like 
all jokes aside, like truly, this is like any part of growing a business, right? Like this is the modern day. This is how you do it. Unless you're like 99 years old and no disrespect if you are 99 years old and you're not really familiar with Instagram or TikTok, because I know that there are 99 year old people out there that would be offended maybe. But my point is, is that things have changed. The way that we do things have changed and we've got to either move with it and embrace it or we can continue to blame everything else around it. Yeah. 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 And guys, I'm joking that it's the perfect timing because I actually know about Gabby's course and I'm joining because things are changing and because there's always more to learn. Right. So I invite you to join us if you want. I'll be there with you on that group journey. So that's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Yes. I'm so, so excited. No, I really, really can't wait. So I think it's also great timing because it's going to be a great way to close out the year and to really skyrocket 2023, right? We don't want to be sitting around waiting anymore. Yeah. Let's get tired of blaming that it's Mm -hmm. not working because something something in the Mm -hmm. app is against you. (laughs) The app hates me. No, no, you know, but it is all good. Yeah. What can I say? You know what? I guess like one of the biggest things is that like when you're ready, I really truly believe like you will be listening to these words. And if you're ready, if you're out there and you know that you need to make some changes, like come join us. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I think that was super valuable for people to start to look at what they need to change to grow their business using this platform that has maybe more potential than they thought. Mm, absolutely oh yay well i've loved it thanks so much erica thank you so much for joining us today if you haven't already done so please leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on itunes it truly truly helps people find a podcast and we can continue to grow as a community to say thank you you'll get access to our premium podcast membership for free for a full month all you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and i will get you all set up you'll find my email in the show notes and anything else you're looking for at ericabelanger.com slash 153 Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.